The Stateside Soccer Show. Talking the beautiful game in the land of the free. Breaking down Major League Soccer, US Men's National Team and more with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome back to Stateside Soccer Show. I'm your host, Logan Stump, and with me today is nobody. Nobody. Um, Jordan is on vacation here at Disney World, um, and I am currently going to be doing uh, this episode by myself. Um, Jordan is flying back tonight. Hopefully he can get on a podcast tomorrow. I think what we're going to do tomorrow is we're just going to preview. We're going to start doing previews of our own on specific teams that we haven't covered yet. As the season has approached, um, it has been a little bit tougher because of the schedule being moved up, playing earlier in February with the World Cup. It's been a little tougher to get guests on. So what we're going to do is, uh, and we promise we're going to revisit all these teams with different guests that we have on throughout the season. Um, we'll, we'll kind of plug those into some of the weekly episodes that we're doing. Um, maybe you get some bi-weekly things uh, as we catch up with specific people from different teams. So we're going to continue pulling people from different teams that cover the different teams just because we feel like, you know, that's the best way to kind of understand how a season's going. Um and it's been a little tough uh, to, to do this preview that I'm getting ready to do. So just bear with me uh, as I start to kind of collect all my notes, going through different tabs to kind of look at different teams, try to give you a kind of an understanding of what each team is up against, um, who has the easier road ahead. Um, obviously, with this competition, it is not an easy competition. Um, so if you hear me typing, hear me going back and forth, that's what I'm doing, just going back and forth between my tabs. Um, but I'm excited. I, it, this this competition is um, one that the United States um, is really kind of following closely just because uh, we've not had much success and we'd really like to have some success in winning this uh, the version of the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, so that way we can go to the Club World Cup. It'd be pretty cool. Um, I'm a Manchester City fan, so I think it'd be kind of cool to see, you know, like a Sounders team play uh, City or maybe it's going to be New York City playing city, which would be a lot of fun with city football group. Uh, and I know Jordan probably would have a problem with, the, with that one. So, um, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the, the, the competition kicks off tonight. So if you're, if you're listening to this, if I got this up successfully and it's before the games tonight, um, then I guess pat myself on the back, but if not, then you're probably listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm, I'm kind of previewing these teams, but this, this is a, just a, a brush up on some of the teams that we haven't covered yet because we've not covered any of the um, CCL teams. So that'll be kind of cool to kind of go through some of these teams that we haven't covered yet. Talk about some of their signings, if they made any signings, um, which, you know, it, there, there haven't been real significant ones with a lot of these teams. They have lost uh, some players. Uh, I think the most significant is with the Sounders, but we'll get into that when we get into it. Um but yeah, let, let's kick this off. This is going to be a preview for the CONCACAF Champions League round of 16. So there's two legs. There's one this week and one next week. Uh, just a couple of things to get out of the way first. Um, New England is going to move on uh, into uh, the round of eight uh, as they get a first round bye because the team they were supposed to play Santos. Uh, unfortunately, the Haitian side, or not, sorry, uh, it was not Santos. It was... Um, now I'm blanking on the name as I kind of click through here, uh, going through and looking at who they did play. Sorry, I kind of missed that one up. But uh, the New England um, was supposed to play tonight at 6 p.m. That game, unfortunately, was moved. 
uh, due to some missed paperwork. Um, and, and that paperwork being uh, for Cavalry, that's what it was, Cavalry AS. Uh, the club from Haitia, or, or Haitia, um, Haitian descent, sorry. Um, it is a club that, you know, I think a lot of people are looking forward to. I think uh, I was listening to Extra Time guys and they were talking about um, just how big the population is in Boston for Haitians. And it was going to be cool because there was going to be played, I believe both legs were going to be played in New England because they couldn't be played in Haiti. Um, and I, I think um, it's unfortunate that the team has to go through this. Um, that they've had to cancel because of paperwork and getting visas and being able to get to the United States to play. They tried to find neutral ground, couldn't do so. So the, the CONCACAF Champions League will go on uh, and New England will get this first round by, which now, you know, they, they New England will kind of gear itself towards the upcoming schedule of MLS, the grueling schedule of MLS. And I think it's good for New England. Um, I don't think they're really missing much by missing this first round. The good thing is, is that they are moving on to the first round. So there's not going to be much of an issue about advancing, um, which is really nice. And so there's not much to worry about as far as um, the Res fans are concerned. I'm just hoping that your players are healthy um, because there's been a lot of things that have been happening with the Revs, And we'll kind of catch up with the Revs now so that way we can move on to the actually preview some of the matches that are going to happen. But um, over the offseason... New England adds Sebastian Lejet, Omar Gonzalez, and Josie Altador. Um, Bruce Arena getting back the old uh, the old band, you know, the U.S. Men's National Team band. Um, some of the veteran players, along with <laughs> some of uh, the incoming kind of newer players that are that are playing currently for Greg Berhalter. Um, so it, it it's a collection of U.S. Men's National Team, uh, you know, legacy players and different things like that, but. Uh, I think it's an interesting move. You know, Josie, we'll talk about with um, later on with the New England Revolution preview that we're going to do. And that might be what comes out on Wednesday. Uh, we might just do these teams all together and really give you a deep dive into these teams just because we're kind of going briefly past these for CONCACAF. Um, but Josie's an interesting signing. You know, I, a guy that has uh, struggled tremendously uh, to stay healthy. And I, and I think that's kind of something that has barred his career um, throughout his time with Toronto, um, even with his time with the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, and, and Josie really hasn't seen success for a while. You know, you're talking about a guy that had been really successful. Um, he played some with uh, Villarreal, Hull City. He, he spent some time with Sunderland, uh, and then he had to come back over at 25 right in his prime. And he, you know, he comes over with that collection of U.S. Men's National Team players that have been playing over here. He had success in the World Cup. Then he got injured. Um, then he goes over to Toronto, and first season in Toronto, 13 goals. Next season, 10. Uh, 2017, he's got 15, um, which was his highest mark uh, for a season with Toronto um, in 2017 at the age of 27. And then since then, has really struggled, I mean, to play, you know, stay on the pitch and stay healthy. 13 matches in uh, 2018, only 22 matches in 2019. In 2020, the shortened season, he only got 13. Um, and in 2021, Again, he, he came back off of injury um, and kind of falling out with a club. Uh, 16 matches, eight starts, four goals. Uh, but he, you know, he really started to turn it on. I, I think it, it's an interesting signing. And with Adam Buxa um, probably going over to Europe in the summer, I mean, this is an interesting signing just because I think if Josie can get some legs underneath him, if he can stay away from, you know, the injury problems that he's had and in New England's had success with, uh, with heel um, playing well and, and, you know, coming back from that hernia injury pretty early, 
Um, so maybe the training staff has magical powers that can fix Josie. Um, wouldn't it be great? <laughs> I know it probably won't happen, but wouldn't it be great if Josie starts to get some shouts just to show up in some of these camps for us men's national team as they gear up for what could be a World Cup uh, at the end of 2022? Uh, on the way out, uh, Tejon Buchanan over to Club Brew. Um, that's a big. I mean, that's a big loss, and that's going to be tough to, to replace. I think in that midfield um, and in that attacking side. You're looking at a guy that could create chances. Um, you're looking at a guy, I think, that had the game-winning you know, shot ability. Uh, a guy that could put the ball in the back of the net when needed, put an assist in the box when needed, um, you know, make a tackle in the midfield or, you know, track down one of the, the guys in the midfield in that mid-area just to get the ball back and go the opposite direction to set up New England nicely uh, in their final third. Um, Tejon was a huge talent, uh, big talent uh, in Canada as well. I'm um, really helping out the Canada national team. Um but man, you know, this is this is one of those losses that I think, you know, and, and we'll preview this. I mean, they've got really good, they've got a really good side, uh, and we'll get into kind of their roster here. Um, but the Reds got a really good side, and it, it's a team that should be competing for the top of the East. I know um, in the summer they're going to make some moves that I think will kind of deteriorate some of that roster. But with that, I think they'll make some moves. Bruce is known for making some of these moves to bring in some legit talent and experience. And I think, you know, they don't really miss a beat. It's a good group to have together. But you got guys like Gustavo Bo still in the roster, Carlos Heel, um, MVP candidate year in and year out when healthy, had 11 assists last year, was on a pace just to break absolute world records um, at some point. So it it is. It's it's a fun team. Dewan Jones, um, you got Brandon Bai. Uh, and again, guys that are going to be looking to make their moves over to Europe. Um, and I think some of these moves are, are, are getting ready to happen. I mean, you've got Brandon Bai, who um, made an appearance in the U.S. men's national team camps, uh, I think, uh, in January. So, um, again, good guys. John Bell up and coming. Um, of course, they've got best goalkeeper in uh, MLS, arguably, and Matt Turner. Um, so you've got some really interesting pieces. You add in some of those like, – sprinkle in some of those experienced veterans like Sebastian Legette. I mean, I think this is a team that – with his experience playing in that midfield and kind of patrolling that area um, in the midfield, I think that this team can compete in CONCACAF's Champions League. So going forward, you know, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see where they end up. Now, they'll play Saprisa or Puma. Um, and Pumas is, you know, Pumas is a really good team. I, I think they end up, and they've played really well in Liga MX, um, been one of the better teams in Liga MX. Uh, and, and I think they do beat Saprisa. And it'll be interesting to see the Revs go up against Pumas, who, um, and again, the U.S. got, I think, got a pretty good shake uh, as far as not having to face the Mexican teams until the second round. And uh, the best part about that is that the Mexican teams pretty much lie on the side, at least the really good ones that I think will give, you know, the U.S. men's national, or sorry, the U.S. teams uh, and MLS teams some problems, I, I think are on the side with the Revs because they've got, uh, um, Santos Laguna with over there. They also have um, Cruz Azul, uh, who has played extremely well uh, in Liga MX. And so, you know, those sides, I think that that side's going to be pretty difficult to come out of. The Revs, though, I mean, they listen, when you've got Carlos Hill and you've got the ability to score the way that he does and assist the way that he does and distribute the ball to different attacking players, whether that be Buxa, Josie, Sebastian, I mean, it's such a huge, huge Gustavo Bo. It's such a huge factor uh, in the success that they're going to have. And I think that the Revs are set up for success. They've got Bruce Arena. 
Um, they've got a guy who's coached in this uh, competition who's won a competition similar to this, who has won in CONCACAF, um, won the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Um, and, I, you know, it, it's with D.C. United, and it's it's perfect, I think. I think it's perfect for the Revs who, I mean, I actually think people are kind of, like, doubting right now. I think if you had to rank them, I think people are putting Sounders and NYCFC above them because of the side in which they're playing on. But, I, I mean, this Revs team is legit. Their defense uh, is getting better. They're, they're, you know, they got one of the best shot stoppers in Matt Turner. They're going to have a really good midfield. So, you know, Sebastian Lejeune going to add tremendously to the experience of that midfield where they kind of lose some with Taishan, uh, as far as talent's concerned. They gain an experience with Sebastian, um, who's really good in this league. So, again, I, you know, I, I think it's great. I think Bruce getting into this um, competition again is – is good for MLS. It's it's good for U.S. Men's National Team. Again, all this stuff grows U.S. Men's National Team when we can be successful against these teams um, where we see a lot of these players playing on different national teams that we have to beat World Cup qualifying. Um, Bruce seems to have that number, and I, and I would not be surprised if we come out here and really see the Revs kind of push forward in this tournament. Maybe they should, you know, they surprise us against Pumas, um, and then they go on and, and maybe they do end up beating a, a club like Santos Laguna or if it's going to be um, Cruz Azul. Uh, I mean, those are two really good teams. Um, Santos, you know, tough form. Cruz Azul not playing as well as they can be, but they're getting to a point where they're the dominant team in uh, League MX. And, you know, their season just started and they're kind of shaking off some rust, but Cruz Azul looks to be one of the better teams in League MX. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I think it'll be fun to kind of watch the Revs progress. Um, and we'll talk more about the Revs uh, in particular as far as it pertains to MLS uh, coming up here in the next week or so. So. Moving on, Santos de Guapiles. I, I hope I said that right. Um, I try to look up the pronunciation uh, for that. But, yeah, it, this one's an interesting one. They're playing CF Montreal, and if you look at the MLS clubs, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, like they did last season, are going to doubt Montreal. I think they're going to doubt the, the talent that they have um, in their squad. And I think that that's something that – you know, Wilfred Nancy and, and, and uh, company are going to have to address is that just that, that, that I, I guess, underdog mentality. They've got to say, hey, you know, this is what people think of us. Let's address this by going out there and playing our soccer and playing well. And, and Montreal did that at times last year. I mean, you're looking at a team that just missed out on the playoffs on decision day to Orlando and you know, I, it is a good team. It's a talented team. They've got a, a really good midfielder in Georgie or um, yeah, Georgie Mihailovic, uh, who had 13 assists last year, and I think people just kind of snoozed on that because they were again snoozing on Montreal much of the much of the season last year. Um, but yeah, they, this one's interesting just because I think with some of these players, you're looking at guys that you really hope can turn around. But again, they've got some aging defenders. They got some aging midfielders um, that I think you know, depending on how they play, depending on their help um, and any issues that they might have there. I, I think that you're looking at a Montreal team that can compete. I think that they will compete with Wilfred Nancy um, at the helm. And, you know, honestly, I think that if you're looking at this side, this is a side that uh, should challenge uh, Santos. And, and Santos, um, it, you know, it, is not a club that is going to have uh, a full strength roster. Um, this team is coming up out of Costa Rica and they've had some issues with immigration in their country. Three of their best players uh, are not allowed to play on Costa Rican uh, soil 
until they get this all figured out. And they said about March 23rd was when they're going to figure out this immigration um, issue. And, and what that's going to do is that's going to keep guys out like a, a Lucas Perel-Della, um, Javon East. Uh, you're talking about guys like uh, Everardo Rubio. I mean, those are three really, really good players for this side, and they're going to be missing for this. Um, they might be able to play in Yankee Stadium. They're um, sorry, not Yankee Stadium. They can't play in Yankee Stadium because CONCACAF hasn't approved them. Um, they're going to be playing in Bank uh, Bank of California, which is out in L.A., and they're going to be using L.A. Stadium to play uh, these matches. And, I, well, their home match for uh, NYCFC. And, you know, I think it's going to be tough without their three best players to go up there and, and win. And I, I don't know if they play. I really don't. If they come up here in the United States and try to play, this is an issue because these three players cannot train with the club down in Costa Rica. So unless they go somewhere else to train, these three players can't join in training. These players, players can't do really much. Um, and, and that's kind of what, you know, is going to be the issue with some of these teams is that these guys can't travel because of COVID. Um, they're going to get COVID. They can't travel. And we're still kind of coming out of this pandemic where, you know, guys are going to test positive. Guys are going to do this and this and this and, until, you know, vaccination rates are higher or, you know, testing becomes um, a, a little less strict as far as like letting players play if they're asymptomatic. I don't know if that's coming, but that's kind of sounds like what's coming in the next couple of months with some of these uh, leagues is that they're going to start to try to test out some of these asymptomatic rules and testing shortened uh, and quarantine shortened, um, you know, windows. So it, it is, it's going to be interesting to see how Santos does coming up here without three of their best players. Um, without the three best players, I mean, if you're looking tonight to really kind of focus on a couple players, uh, I would definitely focus on, uh, you got guys like Osvaldo Rodriguez, six goals and 18 matches in Apertura. Uh, and then you got the 20-year-old um, Josemar uh, Mendez, and he has one goal in four matches. He had four goals in 15 matches in uh, Klasara. Um, so, he, again, I think a guy that, or no, sorry, I think it's the opposite. It's uh, Apertura. He had one goal, or he has one goal, um, and then Grasura. Uh, he currently has, uh, or sorry, he has the one goal in Grasura, four goals in Apertura. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those two guys play. But I think this is a beatable team. If you're looking at Montreal and you're looking at the success, the, the success they had and the success they're looking to build upon, I, I think that this will be a closely contested you know, leg or two. Um, I, I think the advantage is going to obviously lie when, uh, when Montreal comes up here to LA to play. But um, again, that'll be one to watch. I, I think Montreal have a good chance. Do I think Montreal can win that? You know, I, I think it, this one's the biggest toss up just because I, I don't really know how that's going to play out when they don't have, um, you know, the side to compete. Uh, like they should. Um, and I think that Montreal essentially needs to, you know, come out here and play a, a team that uh, that I think a lot of people are kind of underestimating just because of, of the paperwork and the issues that they've had. Um, so let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about, sorry, I've mixed that completely up. NYCFC is the one playing Santos. Um, not Montreal. Montreal is going to be the next game. Sorry if I confused you on that one. Um, Montreal is going to be uh, squaring off against uh, Santos 
uh, Laguna, which is the team from uh, League MX. So, sorry, totally mixed it up because of the Santos. Um, very confusing. But still, NYCFC should beat this team, Santos Gua, uh, Guapiles. Uh, I think that they're a, a team that is very beatable. It is manageable for these guys to beat this team. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're looking at it, NYCFC team, um, you know, I think there's a lot of pieces of like MLS Cup winners, won the title. Um, I think when you're looking at three exciting players in MLS to watch this year, I think they all reside on the NYCFC roster. Um, uh, you know, you got guys uh, like a um, Tyus Magno, uh, you've got guys like Santiago Rodriguez, and then you also have, um, you know, players like a bear to watch who, who's coming back from an injury um, who hasn't played full seasons uh, recently. And, and, you know, kind of looking at what he can add, you're looking at Tiago, who's the, another, you know, one of those three exciting players that I talked about. Um, so he'll be fun to watch. I think that, you know, going forward, they can be a scary team. You talk about Tati Castellanos who more than likely will be here until summer. It's starting to look like as all these windows start to shut, as far as transfers are concerned, um, you're looking at a team that I think will score goals. And then you're also looking at a team that I think was improving defensively as the core group got together and were playing more minutes together. Um, it, you know, th this is a solid side. Uh, they're going to be missing uh, Maxi Morales for this first leg because he tested positive for COVID. Um, and I think maybe that might put him out for next leg too, depending on the, on the quarantine status and stuff. I, th I think Maxi might be in danger of missing both legs which is a huge loss. But um, but when I read out that attack, I mean, what, what is there not to like? Obviously, Jesus Medina is gone. Um, he's going to uh, CS, CSK Moscow, I believe it was. Um, James Sands is currently on loan uh, at Rangers on an 18-month loan, so he won't be around. Um, Keaton Parks actually was announced that he is healthy and ready to go. Um, he had the blood cop last year in his leg. Uh, that they've been operating on. So again, they're the ones playing Santos in New York. Uh, they were supposed to play in New York City. They're going to be playing in LA. Um, Santos Laguna in Montreal. Sorry if I confused you, but Montreal and uh, Santos um, out of Costa Rica. I mean, or Santos Laguna and Montreal will be playing. Um, they really need to come up with better names for these clubs. Um, so sorry if I confused you and confused myself. Um, but again, I, I like I like NYCFC. I think Ebert is interesting. He had two goals the other day in preseason. Tati, Ca Tati Castellanos had a, had a hat trick. Um, they were just pounding teams, and I think that th that might be the issue. That you know that might be the issue with a lot of these teams trying to defend NYCFC. They've got so many attacking options now, and it, and and they're all scary. You know, you you from one match to the next, you're going to have a hard time finding anybody to stop just because they've got so many options. You got the Golden Boot winner who had 19 goals last season. Um, it, you've got a good defense. You've got one of the better keepers in the league in Sean Johnson. Um, Tavon Gray really stepped up into that position uh, and right back and really played well last year. And I think that's another position where, uh, you know, I think that they're dominant in uh, when he's playing well. Tavon Gray is, you know, one of the better backs in this league and he was just learning the position. So, I, I mean, you know, that's more impressive than I think most giving credit for. Um, a bear, like I said, um, had a really good season 2019, 15 goals. He's had 16 goals before when he played over in Croatia, um, you know, 10, 16, and 9 in Croatia with Rijeka. Uh, and then he comes over to NYCFC, has a really great 2019, 
Um, doesn't play very much in 2020 uh, and is out most of the season from 2021. Um, and again, not really getting his feet underneath him, but I think with the, with the year here and playing, you know, with Castellanos or coming on for Castellanos or whatever it might be, I think this team's really turned into something um, that's going to be scary for this league and for this competition. So, I, you know, so NYCFC, again, plays Santos from Costa Rica, Santos de Guapiles, uh, and then Montreal. Let's shift over that now so that we don't get so confused. Montreal is going to play um, Santos Laguna, who plays in Liga MX. Um, so, you know, talking about Montreal, Jordi Mihailovic, uh, a really good player. Um, you know, I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off when he left Chicago and he heads up north to Montreal. Uh, I think people wanted to doubt him because he didn't have much success um, in, in prior years or maybe didn't live up to the hype that a lot of people wanted to live up to. Um, which kind of held him back, right? But I mean, you got guys that that are that are fully capable of competing at this level. Um, Joaquin Torres, Kamal Miller, um, Victor Wanyama, uh, uh, you know, a former European player who's got great uh, success in, in this league and, and in other leagues. And I think in this competition, you got to have that midfielder that's going to demand the respect of the other team in the midfield, um, really force the issue in the midfield. Um, so I think that, you know, he's played well. Um, Bjorn Johnson, can he get going this season? Uh, he really did struggle last season after some thought maybe he might have a breakout year. Samuel Piet, again, a really solid player. Romel uh, Kyoto, I think Kyoto's a big uh, a big name um, along with uh, Bjorn Johnson because I think those two, if they can find a goal scorer, that's where this team gets better, right? Um, their leading scorer last year was actually Romel uh, Kyoto. Um, with eight goals. Uh, and then you've got also Mason Toy. Uh, and Mason Toy, again, a, a guy that I think they're going to have to rely heavily on to get goals as well. Um, he had seven goals last season and 14 matches played. Needs to stay on the pitch, right? He's got injury um, issues. And if I'm if I'm thinking correct, I want to say that Mason Toy might actually be missing tonight's game. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find that because I think – from what I remember reading, Mason Toy had to miss tonight's game due to an injury. But let me just double check so I'm not giving the wrong information here. Um, let's see, Mason Toy, Mason Toy, Mason Toy. Sounds like he's not quite fit yet. Um, so I don't think he's going to get the start tonight. From what I've seen, he hasn't been in training that people have seen. So I'm going to go with no. I'm going to say that he's not quite got gotten back to full fitness yet. Um, and that's huge. I mean, Mason Toy is a good player. Uh, I think he needs time to get better. And, and, you know, time missed off the pitch is not going to be good for him. Um, but, again, this team, you know, if I, if I had to pick, it's probably uh, just because I think, you know, the, the, the side in which the Rapids play on, I think that this might be the toughest road in because uh, if Montreal were to pull off, uh, you know, a, a victory over Santos Laguna, they then have to probably go on to play Cruz Azul unless Forge uh, in Canada can beat them. But, um, you know, I, I don't I don't see it likely that they get further than this round. Um, Santos Laguna, even though they are struggling with form, is a really good Mexican side uh, when they are playing well. So, 
again, it'll be interesting to see if I if I'm going to pick if you if you sat me down and made me pick, I would go Santos Laguna, um, just because I, I think the experience that Santos Laguna have um, topped that on with uh, the fact that they're going to play a Montreal team that is not fully fit and the fact that it's going to be in Mexico to start. You know, I, I think that's a big thing too. I think a lot of these advantages come when um, a lot of these advantages come when they're you know they're they're able to play at home on the first leg. It's tough to go into the second leg, and I know it's coming home. But if you go down to nil in the first leg, that's extremely tough to come back from. Um, so I, you know, I'm going to give the edge to Santos Laguna, uh, and again they play at home tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time against Montreal. Um, yeah, so I, I got that. And then New York City FC, I didn't really give a prediction there, but I do think NYCFC have the advantage in that one. So I do think NYCFC wins that match. And if they win that match, they're going to play the winner of the next game that we're going to preview. And, and again, I'm only previewing the ones that MLS teams are in. I'll kind of mention some of these other teams um, like I did with Saprissa and Pumas. I think Pumas ends up winning that one. So then that would mean that the Revs, if um, – all goes well with all sorts of different situations. The Revs will hopefully be lining up with Pumas. Um, they're next in the bracket, but who knows with this crazy pandemic stuff going on, what's going to happen with paperwork. So unless the Revs get another buy, they're going to be playing Pumas, I believe. Um, Surprise is good. So, you know, they could surprise, surprise us, but I, Pumas was played really well in Liga MX. Um, one of the top teams in Liga MX. And right now they're playing a Revs team that are just getting their, you know, rust shaken off from the preseason It'll be interesting to see the Revs go up against Pumas, and I think it's a it's a you know a coin toss there. I think you know Pumas has played more recently, obviously, so I think they've got the advantage there. I think the Revs will struggle against Pumas, um, but again, I, this Revs team is so good. If I had to if I had to guess, the Revs will make it interesting. But I'm going to go with Pumas to win against the Revs, so that puts them in the semifinals, um, and then. Uh, I'll give you guys the dates uh, for all these games coming up, but I'll, I'll kind of go through my predictions first. Santos Laguna, I think they end up beating Montreal. I think Cruz Azul beats Forge. Um, and again, it's exciting that Forge got in. Um, they don't get to play in too many big competitions, so it's cool to see one of the Canadian sides get in, playing possibly another Canadian side, but I just don't think Montreal gets through um, Santos Laguna. So I think Santos Laguna uh, in a Liga MX match against Cruz Azul, I think Cruz Azul wins that one. So it would then be Pumas and Cruz Azul. Uh, Liga MX matchup again on that side. And I'm going to go with Cruz Azul again uh, to get to the final uh, in that one. Now let's switch uh, because we were talking about NYCFC and who they go on to face. Um, and that's going to that's gonna depend on who wins. Uh, Communi- uh, Communi- hold on. Communicaciones. Communicaciones uh, FC is a team out of crap. I had it up, but I forgot it. Um, Comunicaciones is out of, of, of why am I playing? I don't know. I don't, I don't know that flag's name. Honduras, Honduras, Guatemala. I don't know. Hold on. I gotta figure this out. Guatemala. Um, it is a team out of Guatemala. Uh, Communicaciones 
Currently sits fifth in their table. They've scored 18 goals, given up 11, so they don't defend too well, but they do just, they do score um, a lot of goals. So that'll be interesting because I think the Rapids, for the most part, defend pretty well. I think that they've got um, – and, in fact, I think they had one of the better defenses last year. Let me go check that on FB Ref here real quick. Uh, MLS, let's go. All right, there we are. MLS goals allowed. I'm in the wrong section. There we go. Goals allowed. Yeah. One of the best defenses last year. So, all right, this is going to be good. I'm looking forward to this one because I, uh, again, I, I don't know what Colorado's going to look like. They, they lose a guy like Cole Bassett, um, who is who was extremely important to their success last year. Um, you know, a, a guy that that moves over and makes the move to Europe, five goals, three assists, played 2,000 minutes, though, does everything, did everything. Um, and that's a huge loss. Like, I, that is that's one that I think uh, when we get into talking about the Rapids and kind of previewing what their season looks like, I think it is going to be interesting to kind of see how the Rapids do to kind of bounce back from that loss of Cole Bassett, right? They've got, they've got money. They've got money to spend, so I think they can make that move. And then they also go and lose Kellen Acosta. Um, who was uh, essential in that midfield and, and becoming one of the better midfielders in MLS. So those are two positions that they're going to have to replace. And I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, I think they go with that three in the back or, you know, with the two wing backs going out the back with uh, Estevez and Rosenberry. Mark Anthony K joined from LAFC last year. Max Alvis and uh, Jack Price kind of manning that midfield. And I think it's a good midfield. I just don't think it's as good um, – as it was when Cole Bassett was around when he's kind of playing more in a forward position or, or uh, whether it be a midfield, I think that Cole did extremely well in both of those, you know, spots. And I think he does well in the attacking third. So I think that that's definitely going to be something they miss. I think that that's going to be difficult to, um, to kind of figure out where they go from there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if that defense can hold up long enough um, where they can score. I think that's another issue. I think that the Rapids at times tend to have is, is whether they turn to find goal scorers. Um, you know, they've got Shin Yashiki um, up there at the top. They've got Barrios uh, and Barrios has been a proven goal scorer, but not the most consistent at times. Um, and I think that's where, you know, the Rapids at times will struggle. Um, you know, they played well last year and, and you know, I, don't, I hate to call things flukes, but I, I do think that they performed a lot better than I think some thought. Um, they had 50 goals last season. Um, their expected goals were 49, so that was pretty on par. Um, I just worry about the consistency without Cole Bassett, without Kellen Acosta. You know, those are two really good players in the midfield kind of linking up those plays. And, and we've seen what happens when players – you know, are, are playing kind of these different roles and they don't have uh, quite the midfield to connect from the back lines of the midfield to the, to the attacking players. And I think that's where some of the issues will run with Colorado this year. I do think they're a good team. I think they've got great depth. If you're looking at depth, uh, I think the Rapids have that. Um, uh, defensively, not much has changed. It's a pretty sound in the back. Um, Austin Trusty will leave in the summer, but I don't know if that affects, obviously, Hockey cap champions league, but he's going to join Arsenal. He's already on Arsenal. They've loaned him back to the Rapids, um, which has been an exciting move. But again, I, 
I don't know. I, I think this one's another game. I think if I'm going to rank them um, as far as tough outs, I think this is the next toughest out. Um, while the Rebs do have a tough uh, path to get through, I, I think that the Rapids don't have the quality that the Rebs do. I do think they're going to beat uh, Communicaciones uh, just because I think the talent level is better with the Rapids. They do have to stop. You know, guys like Andres Lescano, who has uh, played six matches in this part of the season with four goals. That's absurd. Leonard Garcia, I mean, 18 goals. That's a ton um, in those first seven matches. That, that's over two goals uh, per game. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to, you know, kind of extinguish. Do I think that the Rapids win? Probably not the second round. <laughs> so I do think they're going to win against Communicaciones. I think the talent is there, but the second round will be interesting because I don't think if I'm looking at it. Yeah. I just don't see them. I don't see them playing and beating NYCFC. I just don't. I know NYCFC uh, probably won't play home games, obviously, but I just don't see them playing and beating NYCFC with some of the stuff the Rapids have to figure out. And then up next, uh, my pick for favorites of the MLS clubs, um, and a little bit of a hint, probably my favorites in um, MLS, like, over the season, uh, is definitely Seattle. When you're talking about this team, uh, they've got one of the most star-studded lineups that you can speak of. You're looking on paper. The Seattle Sounders are – Back to a point where they're favorites all the time. Um, at the beginning of the season last year, they really did struggle with all the injuries with Nico Ladero out. You had Jordan Morris out. You were trying to find your feet. Um, you just couldn't find your feet. Rui Diaz wasn't on a surge as much as he was. Then he did get on a surge um, and played extremely well. Uh, you know, the defense started to play well. Knew who started to play really well. Um, again, guys like... Uh, you know, Rui Diaz, Christian Roldan, uh, Joao Paulo. I mean, the, all those guys started to play extremely well on a high level. And then they go add Albert Rusnak. This team from top to bottom, again, unbelievable talent. Uh, fantastic in every facet of the game. Um, they've got all the pieces they really need to be successful in this in this competition. Playing in Seattle is going to be extremely tough for any team. Uh, Jordan Morris is 100%. He's played pretty well for U.S. men's national team. Kellen Rose played pretty well. Uh, Alex Roldan, Christian Roldan, um, Ariega. You know, the, the list goes on and on and on. And you're talking about this team where, you know, you're kind of looking for the holes that exist. And I'm not sure you really find any. Like, it, it's such a good team. It's built so well. Um, I just don't see, you know, how anybody beats up this team. Um, Freddie Montero off the bench, Will Bruin off the bench. It's just, again, it's unbelievable the depth they have. Plus you have Brian Schmetzer, who's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, and they're going up against a team that I think is very beatable. I think, you know, when you're looking at the, the best matchups to get possible, I think this is one of them um, in the Sounders uh, and, and, and speaking in that, um, they're going to play playing Club de Football Matuga, Matu, Motoga. I, Matuga, I don't know how to pronounce that. So let's just go with it. From Honduras, 
Um, 17-time Honduran League champion, um, but the last one they won was in 1819, so it hasn't been too recent, um, barring the pandemic or anything that was crazy that got rid of the 20 season. Um, players to watch, Roberto Morea, uh, Juan Delgado, and Daniel Maldonado. Um, Manil, uh, Daniel Maldonado, 23-year-old center back, joined uh, in February after going out on loan to Pachuca. And then you've got Juan Delgado, 29-year-old midfielder in his second year with Matuga. Uh, and he uh, is very successful in creating chances, um, can really pinpoint a pass. Uh, and pinpointing a pass to the forward, uh, Roberto Morea has been kind of his highlight, uh, 54 goals and 131 appearances. That's a lot for a center forward. And uh, a guy that is 34 and aging and experienced. Um, does cause a threat for that back line of Seattle, but I don't think it's going to be quite enough. They just don't have enough on paper. I think I actually Seattle handle this one pretty easily. Um, and, and that's saying a lot just because cocky cap is never easy. None of these are ever easy. These legs are never easy, but I think when you're looking at all the sides uh, and all that passes the game, I think Seattle just controls every advantage. Um, another one that I want to mention just because I, I think um, – a lot of people will be like, all right, well, what's the other team that Seattle wins and plays? So if Seattle wins, um, they go on to play uh, the winner of Lyon versus um, Guastatoya. 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 Yeah, there we go. Guastatoya. Um, they will go on to face Lyon. I don't see Guastatoya beating Lyon. Leon's again, not played very well, but I think are starting to turn it on as they're kind of shaking off some rust after getting started back with Liga MX over the last couple of matches. Um, I think it's an easy win for Leon. Um, so then they go on to play the Sounders. So on that side of the bracket and the quarterfinals, I've got the Sounders and Club Leon, and then I've got the Rapids and CFC. I think NYCFC wins. I've told you that. I've mentioned that in the semifinals. I think the Sounders beat Club Leon knocking off one of the league MX teams. Uh, and really, I, I think a, a team that, again, I think the Sounders can control most of what's going on in the action. I think they uh, provide an attack that I think is more threatening than a lot of these teams that are in this tournament. And I do think the Sounders pose a huge threat to everybody else in this side and in the other side when we get to Cruz Azul. Um, the Sounders for my CFC, again, I'm going to go Sounders. I think the Sounders are just a better team, especially with Albert Rusnak, especially with the depth that they had. Every position seems to have depth in behind it, which is a terrifying thought. And then you look at uh, a team that is actually coached well and performs well, Sounders versus Cruz Azul in the final. And I'm going to go with the Sounders. I'm going to say that the United States finally gets uh, an MLS club in the Club World Cup. I think it's going to be the Seattle Sounders. I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, and I think the Sounders stand a good chance of whoever they might face in Europe. I think it'll be a good competition. I think that, again, the CONCACAF Champions League will be a good competition. These are probably all wrong. I probably got so many things wrong. I've mixed you up definitely with the Santos and Santos. And, um, so I do apologize for that if that was confusing to follow for about five minutes where I went on a tangent about how Montreal was going to beat Santos, who they weren't playing. Um with the players that were missing. But again, I think overall I painted somewhat of a picture where I think some of these MLS teams stand Colorado defends. Well, can they score goals? NYCFC, can you continue the success that you had last year? Can Ronnie Dyla dial it up and can we get a successful run 
from NYCFC? Can Maxi Morales return from COVID? Can Tati Castellanos continue to prove why he deserves a chance in some of these bigger leagues? Sounders, can they play consistently enough? Can Jordan Morris stay healthy? Can Rui Diaz continue to go on a tear that he did? Can the Roll Dawn brothers play extremely well? And can their defense hold up? Is their defense going to be as solid as it was towards the end of last season and on? The Revs, can they stay healthy? Can Carlos Heal continue to be one of the best players on this planet? I don't know. And I, I think it's going to be tough without Tayshaun Buchanan. I, I think that's a big loss. It's a big hole, but I do think they've got the experiences and the coaches that they need in behind them to play successful in this competition. Montreal, is the quality good enough? I, I do. I, I really – I struggle with Montreal still. I want to see them do it for a second year. I want to see Georgie Mihalovic take another step. Otherwise, I do think they're still one of those cusp teams. Didn't really add much. Um, and then, again, I think – you know, these are the questions that need to be answered for this to be successful for MLS. And for the first time, I think one of the MLS teams wins it. So, again, a breakdown of the games. Um, the quarterfinals next round will be March 8th to the 17th. Semifinals April 5th to the 14th. And CONCACAF Champions League April 26th through the 5th of May. Those are the breakdowns. Um, two legs all the way up until the final. Um and yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the CONCACAF Champions League. If you want to give us a follow over on Twitter and give me your thoughts about how wrong I am or maybe you want to bash me in for the different mistakes that I made tonight trying to host without Jordan, you can hit us up at Stateside Show over on Twitter at Stateside Soccer Show on Facebook and at Stateside Soccer Show over on Instagram. Make sure to rate, follow, subscribe, like, retweet, uh, and I guess go, go MLS. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time and hopefully we can finally get a team to win the champions league, uh, in CONCACAF. So until next time, uh, which should be pretty soon, uh, I guess take care and good luck and stay safe out there. J dog. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.